I wasn't there. I wasn't the dude that I needed to be at that time in my life. You know, we're all, this is a process. We're just, we're living life. Who you are today is not who you were five years ago, and it's not going to be who you are in five years from now. So you get to choose. Again, it's, it's comes to, it's, it boils down to who do I want to be? I know who I was, who I want to be, and who I want to become. The King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents. Now, our vision is to get you on the right path to your framework of success by focusing on the five power pillars, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Now, the King's Council is not your average coaching program. It's much more than that. It's a tribe of like-mindsetted men and women bonded by faith and relationship that you can do life with. Now, we're traveling across the United States this summer to a city near you, and we want you to join us in creating the next wave of faith-based entrepreneurs ready to become the CEOs of their life. Visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today to speak to one of our team members about how you can level up in all areas of your life today. This episode is brought to you by Transcend. Transcend is taking preventative healthcare beyond the restrictions of traditional medicine. Through their advanced hormone replacement therapy and innovative telehealth system, Transcend will help you receive the best care on the cutting edge of medical science. Whether you're looking to improve overall vitality and wellness or optimize your health, Transcend's approach to transparent and simplified care will help you achieve the life you've always wanted. Visit transcend5.com today to start your journey to a better you. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. And I have got a treat for you guys today. My one and only Ash is with us today. What's up, Ev? Hey. she is uh, a woman of a few words but the words that she speaks are so powerful and i wanted to do this episode really because we've been we've been on a kick of business entrepreneurship and just the ability and the power to make money and and how i as you guys all know just i believe it is our god-given ability and design to be able to create wealth and a lot of people do that in a wrong manner, in a wrong way. But truly, from a man speaking to a man that's listening to this right now, and to the women that are listening to this right now, it is only unlocked when you've got a spouse, when you have somebody that is truly by your side, that can come alongside you and ultimately just allow you to operate in the God-given talents and abilities that you know are for you. So, Ben. Let's wrap about this. Sounds good. <laughs> Where do you want to start? <laughs> All right. I want everybody to know our story because I feel like a lot of people might just think, oh, we got it all together or we've, it must be nice. You know, that whole thought process of, oh, it must be nice. must be nice that you've got, you know, the nice house, the nice whatever, but it took a lot of freaking work to get here. And, and for those that don't know, like our story, 
I want to dive into that with you guys and, and to know that Ash and I, we've been married five years now. Mm-hmm. May 14th, five years. Uh, but prior to that, you guys know we have a nine-year-old daughter. Her name is Ellie Grace. And uh, my, my first marriage was with a, a girl named Sarah. And it was a, a time of, I don't know how many people that are listening to this want to do it the Christian way. I'm going to do it the right way, the Christian way, what society tells us. Certainly what the Bible tells us. We want to do what the Bible tells us and walk that out. But I was a new Christian. You know, I gave my life to Christ as the age of 16. And I was just so on fire. I was just like, yes, God, whatever you want, whatever you want. And I moved up to Minnesota when I was 17 and was just totally infatuated with just God and just like what he's doing in my life. And I came across a chick that was super cute. I I want that God. I want that God. But I want to do it the right way. So I didn't want to have sex before marriage. I didn't want to be what I thought was not of God. So I quickly just rushed it. Like, I'm going to put a ring on it. I'm going to marry her. Let's just do this thing. Without going through any, like, true... I had zero guidance. I had zero understanding of what a relationship actually looked like what a relationship should be. And I rushed into it. Sarah and I, we completely rushed into it. And I want to preface this with Sarah and I have a great relationship right now. You and Ash, I'm saying you as Ash and Sarah have a wonderful relationship right now. And she's an amazing person. But we just completely rushed into it, thinking we were doing the Christian thing to do, which was just put a ring on it. If you're going to marry it, put a ring on it. If you want to have sex, put a ring on it without taking any counsel or guidance or understanding from any outside sources that had true wisdom for us. True. And I want to say true wisdom for us. So we rushed into it. 19, 20, 21, 22, realizing like that was the person that I married was not the person that I thought that I married. I didn't even know who the hell I was at that point in time. Right. I was learning. I was just trying to figure out life. I mean, think of yourself at that point in time. What is, what are you going to do? Are you going to school? Are you in business? What are you going to do at that point in time? And so it was trying to figure out life. And the person that you align yourself with is so freaking important. So important. Not just who you marry, but who you align yourself with just doing life. Who's going to keep you accountable for doing life? And we ultimately decided that it was just not going to work. We struggled. A lot of you guys know my story that I came back from a failed business venture at the age of 23, and I thought the best thing that I could possibly do at that time was get pregnant and, you know, being broke, you might as well get pregnant too, right? And then through that process, it was just like, this is just not, this is just not what I want to do. This is just not life. And when I started our first company for, as far as like social dynamic selling goes, I was traveling a ton. Sarah and I were not in alignment in any manner, in any way. We were just very frustrated with each other. And a lot of my traveling was going back and forth to Tampa, Florida, which is ultimately where I met Ash. And I think we could, I mean, we could tie it into how we met. I know the day because the day (laughs) was literally, this is the craziest thing, people. I met her on May 14th, 2012. And we didn't even know this, but we got married on May 14th, 2016. 
But how I know this is where Facebook is, it does play a good role. In some instances, it gave me in my memory <laughs> of May 12th, May 14th, May, May 14th <laughs> 2012. Mm-hmm. So give me a little background on you, babe. Starting where? Wherever you want to, like leading up to that, like where were you at in that situation? Because I was not in a great place. Yeah, I was conquering business and life and not life, but I, I felt I was like, yeah, we're doing this, I'm making a ton of dough. We're crushing this. My relationship with Sarah and Ellie. Ellie was three months old. Where were you like, at? Yeah. yeah. I feel like how to begin mm-hmm. our story is prefacing it with Riley said he was saved at 18 and I was saved at the age of five. So I had the background and the knowledge of how to live my life. And neither one of us were living in the way that we should have been. We didn't meet at a bar. And had fun dancing and... Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> I mean, come on. Tell them the tr- actual truth then. Yeah, like the best dancer mm-hmm. on there. Yeah, listen to that, <laughs> peeps. Listen to that. <laughs> we met in a completely ungodly, not how you should meet or start a relationship. I don't know if that's the truth. Then. I mean, definitely we there were <laughs> drinks involved, but it wasn't like an ungodly. Yeah, I don't know. But then... Uh, Certainly, we, I mean... I closed the deal that night, if anybody's listening. (laughs) So that, yes, 100%. But it wasn't like in our heart, it was ungodly. No, but I mean, not the way you should be living by any stretch of the means. And then a few days went by and he totally sold me on hanging out again. I said, no, no, no. And he pushed his way in and we hung out a few days later and... Then we kept talking, and then he ghosted me for a while. And then that's when I found out that Ellie was three months old, and he was still married. And I remember that phone call, and I remember saying to him, Oh my gosh, have you guys tried counseling? I liked him at that point, but I didn't want his marriage to dissolve with a newborn baby. And I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, we did, Sarah and I, like, we were just not in a good spot. And I remember that conversation so clear. I was literally pulling into our office that is no longer there. But when I divulged to you, hey, I'm actually still married. I have a tiny baby. Such a, yeah, and a tiny baby. Like that was such a, an overwhelming thing, but I knew we just had such a strong connection it was like i had to because i was literally lied to you for a couple weeks from may 14 2012 until it's probably like the first of june or so i don't know the exact date but i literally lied to you or ghosted you like you said because i was still trying to do life and get my stuff together mm-hmm. but then it was like i had i knew i had to just tell you and if you were gonna be okay with it or i knew you wouldn't be okay with it but if you were gonna understand then i knew we could move from there was going through your brain and you were, mm. I mean, cause literally like a little bit of her background, like you lived the college life. I could have been just anybody. Yeah, for sure. I had just moved to Tampa from Cleveland where I went to grad school because I hated the weather in Ohio. So I moved to Tampa and I was there for two months and then I met Riley and it was just a fun time. And For some reason, we had a connection that words can't even describe or like 
It doesn't make any logical sense why we would still keep talking to each other. It is apparent today why we are together, but it has been the longest road to get here. And it doesn't make any sense until now why we're together and why we stuck it out. But it was obviously God's plan and it started in a way that doesn't make sense, but we are here together for a purpose. So I went back to Minnesota in a couple of weeks went by and I divulged that and it was like, I, I don't really know, but I really, really freaking like this chick and I came back to Tampa in and out of there a fair amount. And then ultimately I was like, well, I'm getting placed there. It wasn't like I needed a place there, but it was more, I just wanted to have the reason to come there and be by you. And, but dude, it, we had some freaking battles. Mm-hmm. before marriage or anything like we had some remember yeah like what the hell <laughs> to the point where it's like why would you even still be around or with that person right? i know i think the point of us doing this is to let other people out there know that it's not a picture perfect story two christian people meet and they love each other and they get married and everything is great mm-hmm. and that's not how real life is sometimes it is and that's great but that's not our story and even after we got married there's hard hard times but you just dig in and know that we are together for a purpose and you just get it together and work it out yeah i think that's the biggest thing for those listening you may be thinking like i don't know why i'm even with this person right now and you have a choice because I had this choice with Sarah. I, I had the choice of what am I doing? I was young and I was dumb and I didn't know what I was doing. And then we had the realization that it was just like, this isn't the path that we're on. And divorce is an absolute terrible thing. It's terrible. It's not something that God designed, but it's real. It's a reality. It's a real thing that you have to understand. That's just life. It's hard. It's freaking hard, but you get to make that decision to choose. Are you going to choose to to be with the person that you've married? Or are you going to choose to do something else? And I don't know what that is. I don't know. I mean, whoever's listening to this, you got to make the choice. It's, it's literally up to you. And Riley, when we first met in the months following, Riley had, he was struggling so hard. Because his parents got divorced and he struggled and he did not want to put his daughter through a divorce. So he was truly trying to make it work with Sarah, but he knew it in his heart it wasn't right. And then talking to me. So the time, the years that before we got married that we were together, it was dramatic and a lot of back and forth and together and not together and it wasn't great. Yeah. He was trying to do the best thing for Ellie. And Sarah is a woman of God and she's a great person. But Sarah and Riley aren't meant to be together. She's remarried and found her person. But at the time, Riley struggled so hard trying to do the right thing. So hard. It was such a... I remember when I was little and just how terrible it was. And I just, I vowed to myself, I would never put my child through this. And I mean, nothing against 
my parents at all on this, but it was just like, I just, I was never going to do that. And then I found myself actually doing that. And it was just like heart wrenching to the point where it was, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. It was just like such a time in life that we look back now as, oh, we got through it, but it flipping sucked. It sucked. And some of you might be in that time right now. Just know, just, just know that no matter what choice you make, no matter what choice you make, God is going to work all things for the good. That's the beauty of, of him giving us the ability to make a choice. We have the ability to make a choice. He's given that to us. So look at your life. Look at what's the best. Because at the end of the day, I wanted Ellie to understand and know what is true love. What does a relationship actually look like? Of Literally, if our marriage is supposed to be a reflection of Christ in the church, which is what it's supposed to be, I knew that that wasn't, that wasn't the reflection that, that Sarah and I had. And I was like, man, I can't do this. I, can't just, I just can't continue to do this. I wanted to be an example for her to know what is a true relationship. What is it like to actually be excited about your spouse coming home from work? Or what is it like to just do life like that? Because your relationship, your marriage is a reflection of Christ in the church. Know that and understand that. He literally gave his life. He gave his life. If your marriage is a reflection of that, if it's not, Think about it. If it's not, think about that. But your marriage is supposed to be a reflection of how Jesus loved the church. And that's what you and I have been. I mean, I think, right? Do you think? Yeah. But <laughs> honestly, it ebbs and flows within weeks and months of our 100, marriage. 100%. It's not always on the high like that. But if you both know that is the end result, then you just work towards that. Yeah. And also something I want to mention to the women out there who are have a relationship with an ex-wife or whatever it is. Sarah, at the time when Riley was trying to figure it out, Sarah would call me on the phone and be like, I know he's been with you. And, you know, she would we would have conversations. And by the grace of God, Sarah and I have an amazing relationship and it's possible and you can do it and no matter how terrible the situation was in any season of your life you can 100% get to a good point with the ex or whatever it is we are in such a good place and it does come with work but it is a beautiful thing for Ellie to see her mom and I be able to be in the same room together and have fun together. And it's possible. And I just want to get that out there that it is no matter how bad you think, and there's no way I can talk to her or there's no way this can happen. I'm telling you that it can and it's possible. Yeah. So good. Thank you, baby. So through 2000, this was 2012, 2013, 2014. Guys, this is the process <laughs> of what happened it wasn't i mean it was that year 2012 where sarah and i were like officially separated and i lived in a different place had a place in florida but our divorce wasn't actually final until 2014 but super cordial and then i think one of the biggest things and i'm i'm gonna send this this to sarah for her to actually listen to this because I, I believe that she would agree with this but i think one of the biggest things is i 
I knew I had failed in so many ways as a husband. She was a, a phenomenal supporter. If you think of a cheerleader of somebody that was just like wanted you, wanted the best for you, like amazing. But I was just like, I was, I wasn't there. I wasn't, I wasn't the dude that I needed to be at that time in my life. You know, we're all, this is a process. We're just, we're living life. Who you are today is not who you were five years ago. And it's not going to be who you are in five years from now. So you get to choose again. It's, it's comes to, it's, it boils down to who do I want to be? I know who I was, who I want to be and who I want to become. And I, I, I had that realization and, and I just, I wholeheartedly just, I apologize to Sarah of, I know that I've been a shitty husband, a bad dude, a bad person. And I actually just apologized and owned it and, and knew that from there, I just, I just asked for permission to just say, this is about elbow and this is not like, I want, I want her to know what a true loving relationship is. And I think that was like a defining moment for her and I of just knowing we're good. She is completely free from me and I'm completely free, was completely free from her. And it was just like a amazing time that just allowed us to, I think, cultivate the relationships that, that we have right now. And I'm so happy for her and Dan and their baby boy, Hezzy, Hezekiah. And I think that just allowed Ash and I to fully step into well, actually, not even fully step into. I mean, because that would have been in 2014, probably, when I actually truly had that, like, revelation. And then you and I didn't talk for probably... Six months. Six months. It was around that same time. then. Or Ash and I, we didn't, we didn't talk. Like, you were in Minnesota. Ended up being a completely crazy of a fight that we had. Because I know I, you saw an email that I had sent to a buddy about my relationship with Sarah and I was still like working on it, like trying to figure life out. And you're like, what the hell? And that was like a, a complete breakdown. So we literally severed all communication. Not that I didn't try, believe me. I changed my number and like blocked four times. all of his. How many numbers? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you literally had like four times. I literally blocked everything. I cut him out. And, uh, and Hard. guys, like I, <laughs> I freaking hunted her down, hunted. And then it was just like, um, all right, such a surreal time in life. I didn't know what, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who my core, I didn't know like my core values of who I am as a human being and what I stood for. And it was a moment, meaning like four or five months of just like understanding, which is an amazing, I mean, it had to happen. I mean, I'm grateful in the moment I flipping hated it because it was like a gut wrenching thing where I was all alone. Cause at the time I had, surgery on my ankle i was laid up i was in an apartment and my dad moved in the apartment needed a nurse. <laughs> Dude, i did need a nurse i absolutely needed a nurse and i was laid up i wasn't working i wasn't traveling i was literally stuck in this apartment for like four or five months which is i mean that's where god knew i needed to be so talk to me about what what were you thinking during that time or what, what was during that time after i read that email and i had given him many ch i mean it was just a cluster for a few years because he was with Sarah trying to figure things out with Ellie. When I read that email, if anyone knows me, I'm pretty hard-headed and I just said, I'm done. And I was done. And I dated other people and I lived my own life and it was fine. Like it was fun and fine. And I was working as a nurse anesthetist in Florida and everything was good. 
And then it was the day after my 30th birthday. I don't know why, but I felt like calling Riley. And that that started our this relationship. Is, this, this, is, this is the crazy <laughs> thing, guys. So I was literally in freaking, I don't know, North, North Carolina, Carolina on a houseboat. And I was literally talking to two chicks at this time where they were like, just tell me your story. What's what's going on in your life? I hadn't talked to Ash in six months, but it was just like this overwhelming, like I just, I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew we were going to be together. And so I'm on a houseboat, like literally imagine just like all the crazy things of just what's going on on a houseboat partying. And I was like, I have one love in my life. And these two chicks were like, oh, who's, who's, what's your story? And I was like, I have, I have one love and she ain't here right now. And I woke up the next morning to a voicemail from her, from Ash, which was unreal. And I was literally, I was like, what the crap? I don't even know, I don't even know how to comprehend this because it was, I knew it was like her birthday and, but I, I didn't reach out. I didn't text. I didn't communicate at all. I got a message from her, a drug message from her, like her missing me. And I was like, all right. So I called her back and she answered and, and I'm literally on the laying on the bed of this houseboat and these exact two chicks that I was talking to the night before was like, who are you talking to? The love of your life? And I was like, actually, yes, I am. Do you remember that? You probably don't. No. <laughs> probably don't. But I remember that so vividly and so clear. I was like, yes, I am. From there, that would have been, you know, June 28th. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in Minnesota in October of that year. Yeah. So it was June 28th of 2014. Team and we had a real conversation of like, hey, listen, if we're going to actually do this, we have to actually do this. I flew down to Tampa. We had dinner together and just discussed what life was like, had been like, and if we were going to actually do life together, we have to commit. And so she moved to Minnesota, which for anybody that questions sales techniques, I'm pretty sure I've mastered that by getting her to move to Minnesota. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But literally creating the environment to have her move to Minnesota. She wanted to do it. And it was un- unbelievable for her to desire to do that. And it wasn't, it's not out of my doing or my abilities. It was just a God-given moment, which still happened. Yeah. I also think people listening to this would be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And then you got married and then everything was great. Not true. And that is not true. And right. I so, don't feel like people will talk about that. Right. Yeah, which is most important. <laughs> so she moved to Minnesota. It's like, all right, cool. We're going to do this. We're getting married. My family was 100, 100% against it. My family, meaning mainly my sister. And against it, meaning against me. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't against <laughs> it. It was against her, which... That could be a whole nother podcast. You, you could. and her could actually do a podcast. We could. That'd be epic. Yeah. Because you guys have a great relationship now. But it, there were a lot of challenges of just leading up to this. And and we we got married. We got married in Jamaica. It was unbelievable. Ellie was four at the time. And we came back from Jamaica. And it was like, do, 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 do. Talk to him about that. It's not even that. It's, I mean, I want to paint a picture of me having a very good job and living a very fun life and moving to Minnesota. And when I moved to Minnesota, it was in a house with Riley's dad. And I was all of a sudden a mom, a stepmom. 
and the amount of stress that is extreme. And unless you've been through it, there's no way you even know what that is about. So just that alone is extremely stressful. And then being newly married is extremely stressful. So there was so many stresses in our life, so many. At least for me, Riley's life didn't change that much. His dad was always living with him. He always had a daughter. But for me, it was extreme. And I was not good at it for a while. I lost. I mean, it wasn't pleasant. It took a long time to get in the rhythm of how our life was going to work. But it was a lot to deal with. And I guess what I want to say is even up until now, there's times where Riley has wanted to walk away. And it is not just fun and games, no matter how much you love God and how much you're together, it is hard. And I don't know how we're still here together, but we are. And I know it's for a purpose. And how we're here is because God wants us to be here. But other than that, we wouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, now we're by no means experts at this at all. Our first year sucked. It was absolutely horrible. Do you agree? Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's because it wasn't a normal marriage, first year of marriage either. Yeah, we had zero It was foundation. a lot. We didn't walk out what we know now actually works. Like the God-given template of just like life. Yeah. Of vision and culture and structure and order. Like we had no idea. We've, we've learned this. And... We were just trying to get by. We were just like, uh, whatever, let's get married. You're in Minnesota, so we should probably get married because we're living together. That's the right thing to do, right? Let's get married. And then it turned out multiple times your bags were packed or I threw them out for you, right? I mean, it was terrible. And it wasn't until we actually understood that, like, we are one. We are, like, for each other. Like, there's no point of being against each other like i think so many relationships or so many people just feel like you're waking up and you're fighting a fight that's against each other when i i mean i want uh, and i believe anybody that's listening you probably want the best for your spouse right and if you don't check yourself if you don't actually want what's best for your spouse that's a hard issue on you i wake up and i want absolutely what's the best for ash and I believe that you want that for me. And if we can come to an agreement of like, hey, same team, like a big thing for us was like, same team, same team, right? Or we actually had a code word. Okay, we're going to go into this night. And we're, if, I, if I say blue, it was, we knew that like you've crossed the line and you need to like come back to ground zero of what is life. Like, I want what's best for you. We're on the same team. We're not fighting against each other. We are at, at that moment, but like, why are we? Because I want what is best for you. And if you want what's best for me, then we can agree that it's completely silly. So for anybody that's listening, just know that. It's 100% about communication. And if you want what's best for your spouse and vice versa, like I said, I mean, we can get frustrated. I mean, you get frustrated with me. I mean, every, we, everyone does on a daily basis. There's moments in every day where you could hold a grudge and be mad for the rest of the day, every day. And if you just have the other person, you know, maybe they're having, like, let's give them a break. If each spouse thought that way, 
and you do want the best for them. And if you are quick to forgive, you can have so many more good days. It's good, quick to forgive, which is obviously a... a it's piercing, hard. Piercing point it's hard. It's easy to say. It's hard to do. It's very hard. But knowing that we're on the same page and the same team and like you want it. Like if I fully know in my heart that you want what's best for me, it's easier for me to forgive. Forgive meaning not that you did anything wrong. It's more of just I'm an idiot for thinking that way. Or you came home and you didn't kiss me right away. Like don't. Maybe I thought I need to get the laundry done right away. Like it's so stupid. So stupid. But so stupid. the key is to be vulnerable with each other and know I mean, if you choose to marry someone, like, I have Riley's back to death. Like, I want the best for him to the ends of the earth. And if we both feel that way, then the little things in the day are not big things. And you can just move on. So the whole point of this is life happens. It literally happens. But it, it can happen for you or it can happen to you. And that's your choice. So if you're in a marriage where you're like, this freaking sucks, I don't want to be in it, decide. Decide. Are you going to do it? Are you going to choose to love the one that you married? Or are you going to bail? You got to freaking decide, right? God loves marriage and he honors it. But I think the biggest thing is I want, for those that are in that, that crappy marriage right now or have been divorced and they're like, what the hell? Can I still be a man of God? Can I still be, do I have a, a forever mark on me? No, nobody cares. I don't care. You're running your race. Everybody has a story. The only thing that matters is you and God, your relationship with God. Don't give a crap about what anybody thinks about you, what you think about what they think about, about what you think about. That's just a nonsense turmoil that you can just continually put yourself through. Do you, absolutely do you, but no, be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. No, like God wants what you want. God's put the desires in your heart for a reason and God wants what you want. He absolutely does. And the thing that has changed my heart in marriage is you have to get in the word every day mm. and you have to pray every day and you have to pick up the cross every day you have to without that i don't know how people make it but if you do that every day it makes your marriage and your life so much better it's good man put that in your smoking pipe in <laughs> love you guys hey we are doing an upgrade your marriage event coming up here in August, we're testing this out. Hey, you've heard us. You, we're, we do not know. We're not experts at this thing. But all I got to do is be one step ahead of you. I'm going to walk this out. I spend six figures a year in just counseling and mentoring and, and discipleship of how do I do this thing called life? And I want to pour that into you and anybody else that's, that's interested. So if upgrade your marriage is a thing that you think is something that you need, you desire, you want, you don't even have to be married. If you just want to dude. one of the biggest things for me that I picked up on one of the counselors that I had was like the dude literally put the toilet seat down, preparing for his wife before this guy was even married. And I was like, man, like that's, that's such an intentional act. And even if you're not married or you want, or you're, you're looking for the spouse to be, you gotta be intentional, be intentional. How you do anything is how you do everything. 
be intentional. Look forward to seeing you guys at our next event. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at kingscouncilcoaching. We'll see you next time.